0: With long-term rentals, it's, it's much easier to scale up. So let's imagine that you go out and you buy this million dollar short-term rental and you maybe you add some forced appreciation, you upgrade the kitchen and maybe it's worth 1.25 million. Well, where do you go from there? Now you want to go sell it. Are you going to go buy like a $2 million short-term rental? Like, do you really want all those eggs in one basket? Whereas with, if you have a long-term rental, the common path is you start out maybe with a duplex or a fourplex, you force some appreciation. Next, you're going to you know a 15 unit. Next, you force some appreciation. You're going up to 30, 45 units, and soon you're at hundred units. And right. That's just a very much more natural way of spreading your wealth over multiple units as you 1031 exchange. So you're doing it tax deferred way. Um, and you're getting bigger and bigger and bigger and spreading things out versus short-term rentals where it's, I think it's a little bit more difficult to go from a 1 million to a $2 million property and, and also more risk as well. Mm-hmm. Have you ever dreamed of owning a vacation home? What if it could double as an investment property that makes you money and helps you save on taxes? Our new course, Accelerating Wealth Short-Term Rental Blueprint, will teach you how to purchase and set up your short-term rental the right way. Learn more about the course at semiretiredmd.com slash str hyphen course.
1: Welcome to the Doctors Building Wealth Podcast, the place where we talk about the strategies, habits, and mindset that separate wealthy docs from those who are not. We're your hosts, Meiti and Kenji.
0: Welcome to another episode of Doctors Building Wealth Podcast. Kenji and I are really excited today to be answering a question we commonly get from a lot of people, which is, should I start with a vacation rental, also known as a short-term rental, or should I start with a long-term rental when I'm just starting out investing? And we know this is a question a lot of you have out there, and so we wanted to take the time today to go in-depth and answer that question by looking at the pros and cons of investing with a vacation rental versus a long-term rental first.
1: Yeah, and at the end, we're going to give you our perspective, so be sure to stick around to the end.
0: So let's start out by talking about vacation rentals and the pros of investing in a vacation rental first. So number one is cash flow. And cash flow is the amount of money that you make each year off of your property. With vacation rentals, if you buy them right, the cash flow can be much larger than you can get with your long-term rentals in terms of cash on cash return. Now, for those of you who don't know what a cash and cash return is, we actually have a link to our short-term rental cash-on-cash calculator that you can go to to start to plug in numbers for short-term rentals and start to see what cash and cash return is. So if you go to semiretiredmd.com forward slash STRcalculator. Again, that semi-retired forward slash STR calculator. You can start looking and analyzing deals and saying, what's the cash on cash return that this deal gives me? And you'll start to see that with short-term rentals, it can be quite significant. A lot of people in our community are aiming for 20% cash on cash return with short-term rentals, even with a property manager in place.
1: Well, what does that mean in real dollars? Well, what that means is you could be making tens of thousands of dollars, if not greater than six figures, and that is life-changing cash flow.
0: Yeah, and for those of you who end up owning two, three, four short-term rentals, what you can find is you'll end up replacing your clinical income much, much faster if you're getting that high cash-on-cash return with the short-term rentals versus a long-term rental. However, the key is you have to buy the properties right. You don't want to go buy cash flow neutral or cash flow negative properties. You're not going to be able to replace that clinical income.
1: So the next big pro with vacation rentals is the tax savings. Uh this I think is we didn't put this first because we don't want people going out and buying properties just for the tax savings, right? You got to buy a good investment. That's the most important thing. But the tax savings are really significant. And what we mean by that is that you can be working full-time, buy a short-term rental and you can then shelter your full-time job income, right? Your W2 or 1099 income. And that's really significant because with long-term rentals when you are Going for real estate professional status, which we'll talk about a little later, uh, a lot of CPAs will say, you know, you really need to cut back on your full-time job. Well, with short-term rentals, you can continue to work full-time and you can still get that tax benefit and shelter that W-2 or 1099 income.
0: And that can really make a difference in the growth of your portfolio, because if you can get that first check back from the government that first year of a tax savings and you reinvest it, now your portfolio is going to grow that much faster. And so for people who don't have a lot of money to start out, sometimes that they'll start with short-term rentals, they'll get that check back and that'll just propel their growth further.
1: So the next pro is that for those of you who like design, or maybe you don't even know you like design know, short-term rentals could be a really fun way to kind of explore that aspect of, you know, of your life because a lot of us as clinicians, doctors, dentists, you know, we're we have one skill set that we're focused on but design is a completely different skill set that a lot of us don't get to explore and short-term rentals could be a great way for you to go out and explore something new.
0: And it's not just if you're doing a rehab and you're picking out kitchen tile and doing bathrooms, which is awesome and lots of fun, but also the furniture. Um, If you can decorate your short-term rental with furniture, with paintings, with art, and it just has a really great feel that makes it stand apart from every other property out there, you can greatly increase your cash flow. And so your design skills ultimately pay off. The next one is if you have a lot of passion for hosting. So hosting is a really important skill that you need with short-term rentals. You really are almost acting like a hotel and making sure somebody has a really great experience. And there are a lot of ways to just go to the next level with hosting and and think about experiences you can provide for your customer. And so if you really like to host, if you uh, love to put on parties, it might be a really great opportunity for you to practice those hosting skills and really set your property apart.
1: The next pro with vacation rentals is that if you pick a great location somewhere you love to visit, then it can be really fun to go and check out your short-term rental. Uh, You can be checking in on it. You can be repairing something, or you can also use it for personal use, but you have to be careful with that one. If you use it too much, then it could be considered a, a second home or personal residence as opposed to an investment property. So you really need to work with your CPA document. How often you're using it for personal uses and then have that conversation with your CPA about the limit.
0: We have a lot of people in our community who are buying short-term rentals um, afar, so in different states, and they're flying in to set up their short-term rental. They're getting to stay at their short-term rental, but they're working that entire week. And so it's not counting as personal stay. And they're getting the opportunity to be in a beautiful location that they love and really set up the short-term rental that's going to make them a lot of money. So it's a bonus both ways.
1: All right. The last big pro with vacation rental is that, you know, we think that for a lot of our students in our community, you know, vacation rentals are an easy way to get into real estate. If you if you are, you know, never bought real estate other than your primary home, then this is, I think, a, an easy way. We we kind of call it the uh
0: the gateway drug. The gateway
1: drug, right? Gateway drug for getting into real estate. And it's because the process for buying a short-term rental is very similar to buying a personal residence. Uh, of course getting it set up and managing it. That's 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 a whole different story, but buying it is a similar process. So we think that it's a great way to get started.
0: Okay. Let's talk about some of the cons of starting out with a vacation rental. So first of all, vacation rentals or short-term rentals, they're a lot more work. Um, when you think about it, you have people turning over every couple of days instead of people stay, staying for an entire year. And so there's a lot more work that goes into you know the guest interaction before they come, during, and then after. And so if you're self-managing, which you're going to want to do for the tax benefits, usually the for at least the first year, um, you, there's a lot to learn. And there are a lot of things that you need to be on call for with your property that will take your time.
1: Yeah, and, and I think you brought up the point. You're you're on call. And I think a lot of our listeners know what that what that's about. Yeah, you're on call for your property. And you know, those guests can write you messages at any time of day or night. Uh, and most of, most are very respectful, but sometimes you know, people will call you uh, in the middle of the night. And, and that that's something to be aware of. But also think about the breakdowns. Things can break down. And if you are self-managing, you're gonna really need to have a team that you can call. And and that's a whole another aspect of this. You have to build a, a team with cleaners, handymen, somebody who's available 24-7. So that's what's entailed in self-managing. And as Leite mentioned, if you want to get the tax benefit, you're know you going to want to self-manage that first year at least, right?
0: Unless you have multiple short-term rentals that you're buying that first year and you're going to group them together. And this is kind of an advanced tax strategy, but if you group them together and you do 500 hours across your portfolio, in that case, you could have property managers. Um, But I will say most people are buying one or two short-term rentals and they're going to want to self-manage it that first year to make sure that they're getting that tax benefit. And we'll put a link below to an article that kind of talks about the tax benefits of short-term rentals. So you can see what we're talking about a little bit more in detail the next one is risk so short-term rentals have, have additional risk compared to long-term rentals in a lot of different ways so number one if you're catering to one customer you're only catering to a vacation rental customer that adds a lot of risks because when there's a downturn you know vacation is a luxury it doesn't have to be there there's a potential for it to go away whereas long-term rentals people are in, you know need a place to live so it's a very different thing. Number 2 is I talked about how short-term rental people stay shorter amount of time and you have a lot more turnover that means you're going to have a lot more guests over the course of a year that adds additional insurance risk and so insurance is actually more expensive and you're thinking about all the people going through your property all the opportunities for somebody to get injured if you have a pool or a hot tub that's even going to be more liability so that's a that's a problem for liability and for risk your risk is higher and finally if you're buying a single family home single family homes tend To be really tied to the market, and so when there's a downturn, your single family home could lose a lot of value. Um, It could still be operating really well as a short term rental, but it could lose value because it's tied to the market. And so that's an additional risk you take on with a short term rental, especially if it's a single family home.
1: Yeah, if you if you want to see what happened in terms of house prices during the last downturn, then Google Fred in the county in which the property's in, and then look for the house price index for that county. And what you'll see is that you can see that the prices have, were, were going up a lot before the 2007-2008 downturn, and then prices dropped dramatically right after that downturn. So you can imagine if you bought a property at the peak... And then right after the downturn, you know your property dropped in value, sometimes uh, greater than in half. So that's something you really need to be aware of with short-term rentals.
0: Yeah. And we really love, uh, love it when our students have uh, the potential to use a property as a long-term rental too, as a backup plan. So really just know that you need to be thinking about backup plans, especially if you have a short-term rental that's a single family home in a vacation area, got to be thinking actively about backup plans. So the next one is depreciation. So the depreciation can be less as a proportion of the purchase price with short-term rentals. Now, this is a very complex um, subject. And so I'm not going to go into great detail, but just know that if you buy a short-term rental for a million dollars and you buy a long-term rental that's got 30 units for that same price, when you compare, you're going to get proportionally more back with that 32 unit in depreciation than you will with a short-term rental. And so what we usually tell people is, you know, when you're estimating your depreciation back of the envelope, very rough estimation, you know, think 15 to 20 percent of the purchase price versus if you're thinking about if you're buying a long term rental and you're thinking about depreciation, oftentimes it's closer to like 25, 30, sometimes even 35 percent that you're getting back in depreciation. Finally, the last con of vacation rentals is you have the potential for less Forced appreciation. So for those of you who don't know what forced appreciation is, is it's something that you control. So market appreciation happens to your property independent of anything you do. The values of all the properties in your neighborhood go up or down and you can't control that. Well, forced appreciation is when you make improvements to your property that cause the property's value to go up. Now, with long-term rentals, we'll talk about this a little bit later, the value of the property is oftentimes based on the income that it brings in, the net operating income. And because you're selling to investors, they will pay more for a property that makes them a lot of money. With short-term rentals, when you go to sell it, oftentimes you're paying your selling to somebody who's buying it as a primary residence, or at the very least, it's being appraised as a primary residence. And what that means is if you make it make more income, it's not necessarily worth more money. And so you can force appreciation with short-term rentals by upgrading kitchens, upgrading bathrooms, adding bedrooms, doing things that are going to make it more valuable to the next person who buys it if they're a primary residence owner. But you can't force appreciation as reliably and as predictably as you can with long-term rentals. And again, we'll talk about this a little bit more when we talk about some of the pros of long-term rentals, but just know that that is a potential is you have less forced appreciation.
1: This episode is brought to you by Dan Peck of Caliber Home Loans. If you're an experienced investor, you'll know just how important it is to have a lender who knows how to work with investors. Now, we've been working with Dan and his team for over five years now, and he's our go-to whenever we need a residential loan for our investment properties. Now, if you're new to investing, you might not know this, but your lender can sometimes be the difference between getting a great deal or completely missing out on it because your lender couldn't close a deal. Now, I did wanna point out that Dan can help you not only with your investment properties, but also if you're looking to buy a primary residence or a vacation home. So the next time you're looking for a residential lender, Be sure to email Dan at MD at caliberhomeloans.com to get a free consultation.
0: Now let's transition and talk about long-term rentals, pros and cons, and let's start out with the pros. So number one is the reliable and predictable forced depreciation. So great. This is just right after the last one. So with long-term rentals, as I mentioned, when you increase the operating income, so when you increase income, like the rents, by doing things even like charging for parking, renting out a garage, charging pet rent, all those things, when you increase the income and you decrease expenses, maybe you build back utilities, when you make the property make more money, it's worth more to the next investor. And so there's actually even an equation that we use to figure out if we make this change and we increase the income, what's this going to do to the valuation of the property when we go to sell it? So it's a lot more reliable and predictable when you're with long-term rentals versus short-term rentals.
1: Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, uh, this is the main reason why we invest, we of course, we want cash flow in our long-term rentals, but the forced appreciation is really how you get that big step up in wealth. This is how you can increase your net worth by hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, is with the forced appreciation, and that's why we love long-term rentals.
0: And you can do it quickly. I think that's mm-hmm. the other key is, is you buy a property that needs some work, you do that work, and then you know, three, six months later, it's worth that much more hundreds of thousands of dollars. In fact, for us, it's actually now that we've scaled to the size we are, you can, you can force a million dollars of appreciation or more. Yeah, or more even in less than a year. So that's a really big value of long-term
1: rentals. So another pro of long-term rentals, and I think this is a really big one is that, uh, overall, I think they're going to be lower risk than your vacation rentals. Uh, and the reason is, is that, you know, with short-term rentals, there are a lot of restrictions. You know, you can imagine, uh, Uh, There are HOAs that uh, will ban short-term rentals. Cities have also banned short-term rentals. Uh, So this is a risk that could happen uh, if the city decides one day that they're going to ban short-term rentals or significantly restrict them. Uh, So that's something you really want to think about. Whereas with long-term rentals, you know, these are tried and true, right? People always need a place to live. Uh, It's it's a really well-established way of building wealth. Uh, and so this is why we love long-term rentals and in our portfolio. We have both vacation rentals and long-term rentals, but I would say that our portfolio is predominantly long-term rentals because we really like that stability and the lower risk.
0: So besides everybody needing a home and other key is we buy multifamily properties largely. And so if there's a vacancy in our 32 unit. Not a big deal. We're going to continue to cash flow. There's a prolonged vacancy in your, you know, single family home or your short-term rental. You know, that's going to make a big difference. So if you buy multifamily long-term rentals, you're also further decreasing risk, um, especially compared to a short-term rental that's a single family home.
1: Another pro of long-term rentals is that uh, I think it's easier to get into them for a lower cost. You know, some of these vacation rentals are are very expensive. Uh, we're talking, you know sometimes close to a million dollars for one vacation rental in a in a res- resort town, right? But if you think about what can you buy with that same amount of money in terms of multifamily, Uh, you're going to be able to buy many, many units with that same amount. And so, you know, in general, there'll be a lower cost per unit uh, with long-term rentals. Uh, And so I think it's, you know, if you want to scale your portfolio, it may be easier to scale.
0: The next one is that long-term rentals are a well-established way of building wealth. So Kenji alluded to it, that you could have changes in short-term rules and regulations within a city, and that can dramatically change quickly. You know, Long-term rentals, people have been doing for a long, long time, and the tax laws are well-established. Short-term rentals right now, we're using for the tax loophole, we're using a hotel loophole. And so who knows how long that's going to be around, if that's always going to be the same. There's a lot of potential for change in the short-term rental space because it's so new, And so I think you are taking on an additional layer of risk in terms of rules, regulations, legal aspects with those short-term rentals that may dramatically change in the next five to 10 years. Whereas long-term rentals, they've been around forever. Those people who are staying, you know, 30, 60, 90 days or a year, that's been done for a long, long time.
1: Uh, The next pro uh, is something that we've already talked about uh, with vacation rentals, which is that with a long-term rental, you're going to have a higher percentage of bonus depreciation. So for the same purchase price, you're going to have more depreciation that you can use as a write-off, and you can therefore shelter more income with a long-term rental. Uh, And this this is a general kind of rule of thumb. It's not... You know, it's not the case for every single property, but just in general, uh, we're saying that long-term rentals will, will give you a higher percentage of bonus depreciation.
0: The next one is with long-term rentals, it's it's much easier to scale up. So let's imagine that you go out and you buy this $1 million dollar short-term rental and you maybe you add some force appreciation, you upgrade the kitchen, and maybe it's worth 1.25 million. Well, where do you go from there? Now you want to go sell it. Are you gonna go buy like a $2 million short-term rental? Like, do you really want all those eggs in one basket? Whereas with if you have a long-term rental, the common path is you start out maybe with a duplex or a fourplex, you force some appreciation. Next you're going to, you know, a 15 unit. Next you force some appreciation, you're going up to 30, 45 units and soon you're at 100 units and right, that's just a very much more natural way of spreading your wealth over multiple units as you 1031 exchange, so you're doing it tax deferred way. Um and you're getting bigger and bigger and bigger and spreading spreading things out versus short-term rentals where it's I think it's a little bit more difficult to go from a 1 million to a 2 million dollar property and and also more risk as well.
1: Mm -hmm. All right, the last pro with a long-term rental and something we've talked about is that it is less tied to market valuation. So uh, even if uh, the market goes down, uh, long-term rentals can actually increase in value if you increase the income, right? Because the value uh, for these long-term rentals, these multifamilies are largely tied to the income they generate because investors are going to be willing to pay more if, if, if the property generates more income. So that's a huge benefit because, you know, you don't want to be tied to the whims of the market.
0: I want to add one more, mm-hmm. which is less work.
1: Um,
0: you know, if you have real estate professional status, you are going to spend a lot of time on your long-term rentals. But in general, one long-term rental versus one short-term rental, just because you're setting up leases for the whole year um, and you have tenants in there uh, who are not changing over all the time, who aren't expecting a host who's going to meet every single women need quickly, they're a lot less work per property than short-term rentals in general. Again, a generalization. And and for people who are busy working full-time, it might be actually easier to do a long-term rental first in that aspect.
1: All right, let's shift over to the cons of long-term rentals. And I think the first one is that... In general, you may have lower cash flow uh, with a long-term rental than a vacation rental. Now, this isn't always true. I mean, we do have some properties where we're making as much as 40% cash on cash return. So, uh, you know, we're getting back our money in in a little over two years. Uh, That's a really, really good cash flow on that property. Um, but I would say in general, uh, it is going to be lower. Uh, and so that's that's one con.
0: Yeah. And so a lot of people in our community for long term rentals, they're aiming to get around 10% cash on cash. Obviously, they want to get as high as possible. You know, if you can get 15, 20% cash on cash return, great. Then you are rivaling that short term rental, the vacation rental income. Um, but in general, we're aiming for about half the income with the, with the long term rentals versus short term rentals. And so it is going to take a little bit longer to build up your cash that way, you will need to buy more properties or more units than comparatively what you would have done with your short-term rentals.
1: Another con with long-term rentals is that if you want to get the tax benefit, then you claim something called real estate professional status. Uh, And as I talked about before, if you want to claim real estate professional status, then most accountants will tell you that you need to cut back on your your day job. Uh, And a lot of us who are working need that income to buy rental properties, right? So they don't want to cut back. uh, And that's one potential downside of a long-term rental is that you have to claim that reps status to get the tax benefits.
0: But a lot of people in our community, what they're doing is one spouse is claiming real estate professional and the other one's working full time. And that works out really perfectly because the one spouse, if they're a stay-at-home spouse, only really need to meet the minimum 750 hours uh, and greater than 50% of their time is being spent in real estate, which is obviously, because they don't have another job. And so if that's your situation, that's a really great one. And we'll put a link below to our real estate professional primer for doctors, so you can check that out as well. I also want to mention the next one, which is that, you know, long-term rentals just are in general, aren't as sexy as short-term <laughs> rentals. I mean, people love to show pictures of their short-term rentals and the beautiful vacation homes, the houses on the beach, the really well-designed houses. And then you, then when you're showing your long-term rentals, it's like this duplex with drab colors and, you know some luxury vinyl planking and a white kitchen with, you know, maybe not even a tile backsplash, right? There's a really big difference in the appearance of a short-term rental versus a long-term rental. And so it's less fun to show off your long-term rentals to your friends. And so I think that motivates a lot of people to gravitate towards short-term rentals. But what they're ignoring is some of the risks and the and the cons of a short-term rental. So just be thoughtful. Even though it's not as sexy, long-term rentals are very sexy because long-term, they're very st- stable and less risk. And they're what's going to get you to the end because if you can eliminate the mistakes, you're going to get there a lot more fast than if you make mistakes along the way.
1: Yeah. Well, personally, I think uh, if you can make a big one million dollar step up in wealth using forced depreciation with a long term rental—that is pretty sexy for me. All right, so let's talk about the last con uh, for a long term rental, which is that you know you may not get as an extreme market appreciation with a long term rental. You know, with a short term rental, you can get these you know spikes in value uh, just because. Uh, the market conditions are so crazy and so hot that the values go up and and prices get bid up. You know, whereas long term rentals, it, they're usually uh, being purchased by investors, uh, and so they're going to they're not going to be speculating. They're not going to be buying things. Uh, if the numbers don't make sense, right? So they're going to be limited by what the numbers are doing, and that, that's not always the case. I mean, this this market right now, long-term rentals are getting bid up, but I would say that probably primary homes and vacation rentals are getting bid up more proportionately, just because of the speculation, just because of the demand for vacation rentals, uh, and people again like aren't necessarily buying it for the numbers. They're buying it because they want a vacation rental. They're sick of being home it, with COVID. They want their you know they want to get away. Uh, and have a place to get away for their families, that's why people are willing to pay more. It just doesn't make financial sense, but people are driving up the price because that's It's sexy and that's their desire.
0: I will say, though, if you're buying long-term rentals that are single-family homes, those are very much tied to the market. And so there is the opportunity, even if you're buying long-term rentals or single-family homes, that you could have massive market appreciation. The downside is you can have also massive market depreciation just as quickly or even faster. And so you're taking on that risk, but it does have the potential upside as well. So what is the final answer about what we do?
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I I think what we would say, and maybe it's not a surprise, is that we would say do both. And, you know, I I think a great strategy is you can go buy a short-term rental uh, and and a long-term rental in the first year. The short-term rental will give you that tax benefit. We like to think of it as a quick win, right? The following April, you get a big tax refund. You shelter your income. You don't have to cut back on your day job. Uh, that's the benefit of have that short, having that short-term rental, but you want to lay the groundwork for buying a long-term rental uh, and claiming reps in the future, and that's why you want to get started right away. Uh, and you know, you know, the skills of buying a long-term rental are very different than buying a vacation rental. Uh, you know, buying a long-term rental requires you to know how to go out and you know get great deals, and that skill really requires building those great relationships. There's also a lot of knowledge and experience, knowing how to negotiate. There are a lot of skills that you need to build and and building those skills take time. Uh, And so I think getting started in that first year with a long-term rental, building up those skills, now by the second or third year when you're ready to claim reps, you know, and add more long-term rentals, you know, you're you're already ready, you know, you're ready to go out and claim the reps. Uh you don't have to then start from zero in your second or third year. You've already got that groundwork uh, laid, laid out already.
0: What I really love about doing both is you also balance your portfolio in terms of risk, right? And so if something happens next year and there's a downturn and your short-term rental is a vacation rental in an area that Takes a huge dive in market values. Well, you still have your long term rental to kind of even things out, especially if it's a multifamily, then you're going to have some additional cash flow coming in. And maybe your multifamily even gains value when there's a downturn because all of a sudden people are losing their homes and needing to move into your multifamily. And so you're balancing risk across your portfolio in income coming in and then also in valuation of your property potentially as well.
1: Now, I know some people listening to this might be like, you know, whoa, you know, starting with both, you know, that that seems feels a little bit overwhelming. But, you know, we we really want to talk about, you know, the importance of psychology in your mindset. You know, we really think that 80 percent of your success is your psychology, your mindset. And really there's there's nothing that's stopping you from doing both. It's really probably your psychology and your mindset that's really holding you back. And so what we really encourage you to do is really think about those thoughts, think about the fears that you're experiencing, uh, there's nothing wrong with fear. It's it's overcoming fear that's really important here. Uh, and and think and, and I think the best way to do this is to identify what your fears are. What are the thoughts that are driving those fears? And seeing if you can kind of think about things differently. Uh, and that will ultimately. Uh, result in you being able to overcome those fears and move forward.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt in our minds that all of you are capable of doing both within a year. Now, I would sequentially do them though. I would start out with one or the other, you know, put some focus, put some time, put some energy effort, you know, gain the skills. You can come to uh either zero to freedom, which really teaches you how to buy all types of properties, or you can come to accelerating wealth, which is a short term rental course and build up those skills and then go buy one and then sequentially you can go build your team in your next market, buy another one. And now you've got diversification of market. You've got diversification of the types of properties. You've got diversification, which leads to less risk in terms of market conditions. And you have the knowledge to do both. And when the downturn does come, now, you're, now you have those skills. You can go buy scoop up all those low price short-term rentals or long-term rentals um, and just grow your portfolio dramatically when that does happen. And not be in a situation which scares us a lot of people who own only short-term rentals, only in one vacation rental area, and that's all their properties. That makes us a little bit scared for when the downturn does come because we've seen people get stuck. You know, with a with a Florida beach town, you know, having five properties in one area, uh, and it doesn't go well when there's a downturn. So, just be very mindful to reduce your risks because we don't want you to be in the situation you set yourself ten years back because you haven't thought through risk.
1: Yeah, and to build on that a little bit, uh, we get this question a lot. You know, is this a good time to invest? You know, the market is so hot. But what we like to say is that it's never too early to start learning, right? It's never too early to gain experience, never too early to build relationships uh, because what you really wanna do is just be prepared for the downturn, right? Uh, if you try to get started when the downturn is has started, it, it's already too late, right? What you wanna do is you wanna establish those skills uh, and build those skills over time and then leading up to the downturn so you're ready.
0: Okay, well, that wraps up our question which is, should I start with a vacation rental or a long-term rental? Now we've answered it. Hopefully you guys learned a lot about the pros and cons of short-term rentals versus long-term rentals. If you have somebody you think should be featured in a future episode of Doctors Building Wealth, please let us know, reach out to us and comment and let us know on all of our socials. And you can come into our Facebook group, semi-retired physicians or semi-retired professionals and let us know. Also, don't forget to share this episode and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, if you loved it and you got a lot of value out of it. We'll see you next time. The Doctors Building Wealth podcast provides information only and does not provide any financial, legal, tax, medical, or psychological services or advice. You are responsible for your own financial, physical, mental, and emotional well-being, decisions, choices, actions, and results. You should contact a professional if you have any specific questions about your unique situation.